Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? I'm oh, doing okay, thanks. Just powering through some podcasts today. It's actually the last of the year, so that's exciting. It is. Yep. So everybody have a happy next year. Yes. And uh, what a way to go that's out. That's a lot to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What a way to go out with Emily going on on a date. Wow, and what it, a great way to wrap up. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, she's going on a date, and then she great goes home, and she's very sad because she realizes that things are things are not quite great in her. In her and we could story. talk all about why she was crying. So that's part of the psych part. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot, of, lot going on in this episode. Yeah. Um, TJ not understanding escrow, or as he says, escrow. Was that? I thought that was the last episode. I could be wrong. They also talk about it in this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. He keeps saying. Yeah. yeah so it kind of crosses over, but it, it got a little annoying how many times he said escrow. I'm like, okay, I get it. Right. You don't know what the word means. The joke was played out. Yeah. So yeah. when he said it again on this episode, I was like, come on. But anyways. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or he's getting too involved. And her parents' stuff, she confronts dad, Christopher, who, you know, we have a special not place in our hearts for him. We yes. don't like him either. Um, and she basically is like, I told you to stay away from her. So, again, we've got Rory kind of, it's easier for Rory to enforce other people's boundaries and enforce her own. Like we saw last episode, telling Emily Richard. Yeah. You know, that basically, you know, she didn't tell them that this was inappropriate, that they kind of swindled her into this. And she knew that they were manipulating her, too. Yeah. So, but this one, she, you know, and, and um, you know, I kind of kind of side with Christopher. He said to her, you know, basically, wow. this is none of your business. And I was like, you know, there's a there's kind of a point to that. I see Rory's point that he kind of flits in and out of life, um, of their lives. But I also thought it was good that, that Christopher's like, wait a second. You don't have a right to tell me what I can do. Yeah. So, like and it was painful siding with Christopher, but I did it. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too is I think Christopher, you know, I don't know. I still when that happened, that seemed a little odd to me. But it also kind of just seemed like I don't know. I mean, I I even when he said that, I don't know, maybe it's just cuz I'm biased against Christopher. I was just like, man. Cause I don't know. I just, and I'm you've not... got, and then you've got Lorelai basically admitting, saying like, "Well, you know, yeah, I, you know, something about like, you know, yeah, in the past, yeah, I did want to get to, back together with the the parent of my kid or whatever." Yeah. Um, and then she kind of alludes to that now that you know she still has some unresolved stuff, and here she is with Luke. Yeah. And th- that seems to be going really well, but you know, Luke starts kind of getting a little antsy about it because she did not share. That she went to dinner with him. Yeah, and he, by the end of the back. episode, he says he's fine, so but much. it 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 seems like he's maybe a little got some unresolved issues from that. Which... But he talked to TJ about, it, and TJ goes off the handle. So you find out both of them have anger issues, <laughs> TJ and and Liz, because um, he goes flying off the handle about Liz potentially seeing her ex or something. So yeah. that that whole relationship is just seems pretty toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, um yeah and the thing is too is i feel as if uh 
part of the big thing too uh, is that like I, like sometimes you we've got the notion that Luke knows Lorelai for so many years and she probably and he probably knows a lot about Christopher and his habits so I mean when he was kind of when he wasn't too fond of it part of me is like yeah it's jealousy but also too like I'm like eh, you know, he might not be wrong I mean Christopher has had a past of being not the greatest Bobby. so mm-hmm. right I mean, and also you know Luke is defensive about Rory because you know, yeah Rory basically grew up in Stars Hollow so he I'm I'm sure that he's well aware of Christopher splitting in and out of their lives so I'm sure that he's feeling uncomfortable about that that Christopher shows up when it pleases Christopher mm-hmm so I don't know I like the same thing out about Dean that like something was just off hmm? yeah uh so i don't know like part of me was like yeah what luke was doing was not the greatest but he's not i don't feel like he was wrong i mean like yeah and same with rory like again she didn't do it in the best way but she's not entirely wrong i mean he does kind of come in ruin things and leave that's kind of the chris mo um but what i thought was interesting trying to enforce boundaries oh go ahead what i thought was interesting was when Christopher left the voicemail at the end of this episode and Lorelai chose not to like call him back right away because Mm -hmm. I think she's starting to see what other people are seeing because you've have you have Rory saying these things you've got Luke saying these things I think she's now starting to kind of like be like yeah I think they're maybe onto something and I mean lunch yeah (laughs) I'm sure there's some mental health like lingo for it but like I do think there is something to be said for like people understanding uh, what somebody is like. They won't listen to one person, but when there's like a crowd mentality, like a bunch of people are saying it, they'll then start to believe it. Well, it reaches critical mass. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a moment of cognitive dissonance when it all kind of comes together. I think the more people that tell you, sometimes eventually, and also it depends on the on how you hold those people mm-hmm. in esteem. So if it's somebody that you hold in high esteem you're more likely to take their advice into account. Yeah. Um, so it could be, yeah, reach critical mass that she eventually said, wait a second, this also doesn't feel good because I think it was either Bookie or Rory that said, well, you know, you did, did you kind of hide it from him, from yeah. Luke? And she mm-hmm. had to come to terms with the fact that, yeah, she kind of did. Yeah. She so. may have told herself it wasn't a big deal, but also it would have been kind of, I guess, courteous for her to tell Luke. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess it depends on how you see relationships. For some people, you know, it would it, they would feel like it wasn't any of his business, too. So it all depends on, you know, kind of your take on relationships and meeting up with exes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I and mean... It's tricky because it's her dad, too. So, you know, that's another layer to it. It's not like it's some dude that she had a relationship with, you know? So. I, you know, I don't know. Like, I think sometimes too like even for for myself like sometimes there's people in my family that i'm like i this this person's a little toxic even though like they have that built-in relationship with you i think it's always good to like still remember that people can still be toxic to be around and have these issues even if in your mind you're like yeah there's still somebody that you know should have a place in my life it's still kind of like good to keep these things in mind and when bad things happen to bad people, it doesn't make them less bad. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is that, mm-hmm. that 
you would think that, oh, well, maybe Christopher's going to change because, you know, he got this wake-up call because Cherry, like, up and left for Paris and whatever. But, you know, Christopher's probably not going to change. Yeah. And I'll say this about Luke. Like, yeah, he was jealous, but he at least recognized it, and then he later said mm-hmm. that he was fine. I don't know if I'm fully convinced, but he seems to have convinced himself, at least for now. Right. But, I mean, he had it in a pretty mature way. Yeah, and then you yeah. see TJ is just, like... You know, well, yeah, not TJ. Together, so. TJ also in that like same scene suggested that mm-hmm. they start a new civilization, civilization, and share uh, lower life between the two of them. So it was like, yeah, that's, that right. shows you where TJ's at, right? Um, and then we have also we have Logan and his friends interrupting Rory's class and basically oh, humiliating her. That, that that's like a couple episodes later, I think. No, it's actually this episode. I, thought. I don't think no. Yeah, this is when, yeah, because Richard kind of says to her, hey, this is kind of fun. No. Because this is episode nine, right? Yeah, I think it was episode 10 or 11 that that happens. It's the one where the girl, the girl goes to the high school. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's episode 10. Oh, I must have watched an extra episode, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Sweet, I like worked ahead. You did. Okay, yeah. So anyways, Logan's bad news. So just, to, you know, for yeah, the next just... episode, which happens in 2022. <laughs> yeah. So I'm giving a preview we're to te- next year's episodes. You. We're teasing Yeah. You. Yeah. So now I don't know, like, what is in what episode. So in this episode, Emily cries this, at the end, right? This yeah. is the one where Emily goes on a date. Yeah. Uh, right. Jackson. What, what was I watching? You, you were watching the next episode. Actually, you weren't that far ahead now that I think about what it. Else, right? But what else happened in that uh, exactly. Jackson, Jackson didn't want to do a town meeting. They forced him to. Is that the next episode? No, that's this episode. Okay. Yeah. So the next one is not as cute as, as Pushkin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm set straight now. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But just be prepared next year. Listen to the next episode because we'll talk about Logan. And so anyways, yes. back to the, back to the episode we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, I like this, quote, whatever happened. Oh, go ahead. This one's basically focused mostly on the Christopher, and also you too. You get the Emily going for her date as well, which is which actually went pretty well. Yeah, and yeah, you know, she and so this whole thing is like, here's another thing where Rory's stepping in and going, you you know, I'll work on Grandpa, you work on Grandma, and we'll try to get them back together. Well, maybe they should work out their own stuff. Well, yeah, and he... if you're getting in the middle of them, then maybe you need to set some boundaries with them. You also see, too, the fact that, like, uh, Rory kind of, yeah, she gets pretty kind of into it. But also, too, like, she gets pretty upset at Lorelai when she finds out that Emily wants to date other people. And it's like, well. I thought that was inappropriate. Yeah. She blames Lorelai. I'm like, how's it her fault? She can't control. So I think that Rory's getting way too enmeshed with them, which, which might cause some issues in the future. Yep. And I like Lorelai's quote of what happened to the idea of ending Friday night dinners. I thought that one had real potential. You know, because Lorelai doesn't even want to do this anymore. And I can't remember what even led to them continuing to do it. Yeah. But. But yeah, I do agree that like the whole Rory getting involved with the Christopher thing. That felt a little weird. It felt like maybe Rory was overstepping her boundaries a little too much. But um, yeah. Uh, well, then we then we have Paris. What's Paris doing this episode? So I don't jump ahead. Uh, she was basically uh, trying. She was fasting, and right. 
and then she ate a whole load of Chinese food, which I'm like, I don't think that's how that works, but okay. Um, right. But oh, and then the friend said, you know, what about in what religion are leftovers? Simple yes. or something. Well, and also too, you get the weird ending to this episode, which I felt really uncomfortable with. Um, well, as you know, it wasn't the the ending of the episode because the ending of the episode was was her coming back and and, and like crying, crying, right? Yeah, and that but, was it. Yeah. Uh, but there was also this weird scene of Marty, um, like looking at Rory while she while she's falling asleep, and he finds out that. Uh, he he means to like ask Rory out for a date, but then she like falls asleep or something. I was like, oh. So I totally obviously, don't remember that at all. Obviously, I'm Marty is really into Rory, which I guess is not that surprising. He doesn't seem like he has, he has right. a lot of friends or people he interacts with. And he kind of came out of nowhere, right? Is that the, yeah. was that the naked guy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you get Emily crying at the end, which. I think she's starting to realize that she ultimately just wants to be with Richard. So, well, I took this very different way. So I thought that this is the best performance I thought to me was Emily. It's just the way she did the crying scene and then the date. Mm-hmm. I think there could be interpreted different ways. So this gets to the psych part is either she realizes it went well and she's been missing something in her relationship with Richard. And now she has, and she doesn't know what to do with it. That, or she knows her marriage is over and she's feeling some guilt that she went out on a, or guilt because she went out on a date and didn't tell Richard. Um, mm. But it looked like it actually went well. Yeah. So I wonder if there's a part of it uh, of her that is like, oh, it went well. Mm. Maybe things are really kind of coming to a close with Richard. That you know, and again, like what she did is she didn't even talk to him about it first, and and you know, it d- all depends on your su- on when you separate, like what your agreement is. But usually you talk ahead of time about if you're going to date. And I don't mm. think that they did that. Yeah. And she was very impulsive with, you know, she need she needed like what I refer to as a narcissistic supply. You know, she's like, I'm going to date. And then she just like, you know, started, you know, it was very fast. Which again, there's no criticism of that. Um, because you date when you're ready, but it seemed like for Emily, it was more to do with her wanting to feel attractive rather than actually wanting to make a connection with someone. Yeah. Well, she also has like zero idea. She's like, how do you talk to someone? And Lorelai has to be like, yeah, you just say hello. Like, it's very basic. Uh, My feeling is that that Emily knows some of that because she's so social. And I wonder if that also was a bid to kind of get some attention. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Uh, so your favorite performance was Emily this episode. Emily. Yeah, yep. I'd say Emily. How too. about you? Yeah, Emily. TJ. Emily was pretty mm-hmm. great. Worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TJ again overdoing it, and I think TJ works on small bursts, and we're not getting them in small bursts. We're getting them like every episode now, and I'm like, uh, it's, it's kind of little... overdoing the comic relief, which I think there's a fine line. Yeah. Well, I think like it's fine, but you, you you have it every so often, and I think we're just getting a little too much TJ. Yeah, I I could do with a little bit less TJ to be completely honest. So it's very hammy. Yeah, I mean, it's what it is. He's on the show, but and I can mm-hmm. see why they like working with him, but I was just a little. He's bit probably like... really easy to work with, and and he also comes from a show business family, right? So he yeah. knows the ropes. 
Mm-hmm. He probably knows how the, how the set works and how the crews work and yeah. Yeah. Who wrote this one? That is a good question. Uh, it was written by Rebecca Cand Kirshner and directed by Kenny Ortega, who has directed a few episodes, and he's just generally Including a very like well regarded director. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did the he did the um, they shoot Gilmore's don't they. The, yes. the marathon dance episode is one of our favorites. Yeah. One of the highest rated episodes. I think it's a lot of people's favorites. It's one of my favorites for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Rebecca uh, ran Kirshner. She's she's pretty accomplished in her own right. She's been a showrunner on mm-hmm. a bunch of shows. She produces a ton. She was a writer on Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, which is oh. a lot of people. A lot of people really like that show. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Uh yeah, uh favorite reference. Do you have a favorite reference from this episode? Uh, Mahler Seven Symphony. If you've not heard Mahler Seven Symphony, when that guy was talking about how emotional it is, I get it. Um, it's known as like something of the night, song of the night, and I don't think Mahler called it that. I think it was um called it after he died. But uh, classic FM. I looked up the references to this, and classic FM said that it is a um. A work of staggering, an agonizing work of infinite genius. So if mm. you ever want to get into this, I'm kind of like I wouldn't say it's heavy, but but it's a really good symphony. So when like I so they were connecting over that because you know again you know they come from like the same background, um, and so they know they both knew this conductor right. So mm-hmm. um, so they were talking about that. I thought that was kind of a neat reference because there's not not often do you like watch a show you know and they start talking about Mahler so um and then also Confederacy of Dunces they mentioned that book that's a really good book mm-hmm. and then Rumspringa is is in Amish culture when there's a year where um actually I think it's an open-ended time frame where uh the Amish kids can go out and live like in the non-Amish world and I believe it's up to them as to when they're ready to come back and live Amish life. And sometimes they decide to not come back to live Amish life. Um, mm-hmm. I had a professor that um, wanted to play basketball and, at the high school level and, and eventually college level. And he uh, left the Amish community um, mm-hmm. and was uh, was a uh, consultant for the movie Witness with um, uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, okay. So, so I don't know if he was in Rumspringa, but basically he could not go back to the community because he wanted to, you know, play basketball in high school. Really wonderful, Doctor Whitmer. Miss mm. him. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like the the concept is you go out and live like out in the world, and then you decide if you want to come back to the community. So that's right. Rumspringa. Okay. You may have also heard that on The Office from Dwight Schrute. He talked right. about that. So. Um, favorite reference. Oh my gosh, there was, there was like a few pretty good ones. Um, let me, I'm pulling up the wrong episode. Look at me. Even now, I got the wrong episode up. Contagious. Yeah. Contagious. Um. Oh, I did like their little thing with the Saint Elmo's fire. They went on back and forth about that for a bit. Mm -hmm. And less than zero. Yeah. 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 And I was just talking with, with my best friend about we need to watch Less Than Zero because I'm assuming that now that we're adults, we're going to feel like that's a bad movie. <laughs> Came on 1987. Then, really yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Really edgy back then because we were in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Starred Robert Downey Jr. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think, like, there's a... It's funny, because, like, um, Lorelai's got a few, like, actors that she really crushes on. I think Robert Downey Jr. is one of them. Would be great mm-hmm. to come back for a revival. They bring him in for, like, a cameo or something. He shows up. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be funny. But not as, like, a character. He just shows up as Robert Downey Jr. Right, right, right. So... Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite quote from this episode? Um, uh, the what happened? The idea of ending Friday night dinners. I thought that one had real potential. Because oh she yeah. Really didn't do it anymore. Yeah, she was really, she, <laughs> she was really pushing for that hard. Um, yeah. yeah, which is kind of fair to be honest. Like if it were me, I I'd, think she mentioned it twice during the episode. I'd probably stop going to Friday night dinners. They seem pretty toxic, so. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there was the one where Paris says people came to America to escape religious persecution and Marty says well what religion is anti-leftovers right, yeah I thought that was a good one too yeah yeah um, behind the scenes trivia for this episode uh, let's see here um uh, oh, basically they mentioned how TJ doesn't know what escrow means. Um, and once you buy a house, you're not an escrow anymore. Escrow means you're like under contract for a house. Yeah. So when he's talking about that they're making all these, these renovations to the house, if yeah. he's still an escrow, he legally can't do that. He has to own the house. Yeah. So, you know, I, it's, and I think that Liz, it sounds like she just kind of blindly like accepts what he does. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they argue about small stuff. But, you know, whenever you argue a relationship, it's not about the thing. It's about the dynamic and other stuff. Mm. But they seem to have an unhealthy... I was kind of rooting for Liz that this would be different for her, but it sounds like they have a pretty unhealthy dynamic. Yeah. So, yeah, that just... I don't know. That was that was the only real trivia they have, and it's basically that TJ doesn't know what escrow means, which... I don't know if that's trivia. That just seems to be, like, part of the joke, but... It wasn't even that funny. It was just getting more obnoxious. Like he kept saying it, and I'm like, somebody would have corrected him. Bro. So. Right. Right. Any. I mean, he's just trolling everybody. Yeah, that too. Uh, any mental health observations from this episode? Yeah, I think just that the that amount of feelings that Emily had at the end, where where you know she's feeling so many different things. I think in just that one scene, and mm-hmm. I think that it's open to her interpretation. But she had kind of a nice time. Yeah. And, and you know, I think she's been missing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I think that there's there's some amount of projection, I think, that probably goes into this, too. So if whatever, like, whatever you, whatever you think it is, is what the reality is, right? Because that's the great part yeah. of one of these scenes is you can put your stuff on there. And I, I just think that she she enjoyed it. And then maybe it's like a what do I do now kind of thing. Yeah. 100%. Or, you know, she's realizing that this is probably the end of them. I don't think it's the end. You know, I think I predicted way back when that they were going to split up and then maybe get back together. Yeah. Um, Because I've never seen the show, so... Well, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, so there's so many different feelings you can put on that. And then, then again, you know, Rory kind of getting involved in other people's business, where she needs to look at her boundaries. And that what they do, you know, her grandparents, is really not of her concern. Yeah. And and that you know, she should probably focus on 
the fact that you know they're con that she's concerned that they're being put in the middle. Well, part of how to handle that is to refuse to be in the middle. But I think also that there's probably part of her that doesn't want to upset the grandparents. And I think that if Emily's mad at you, I think there's hell to pay. And so I wonder if there's an element of intimidation there, too. Yeah. That Rory doesn't want to confront Grandma. Although she had another episode when she said that, that Grandma was being stupid or something about the way she was treating Lorelai. So she has stood up to her before. Yeah, but it just yeah. seems like she's getting way too into enforcing other people's boundaries or what she wants them to do and not focusing on herself. Well, and I think when you saw her in season four, she was still kind of adjusting to life at Yale. And now I think she's kind of found this new group and that's like, I don't know if it's necessarily a good one. Mm-hmm. Right. But. Um, yeah. Uh, what would you give this episode a score of? Seven. I think I liked it a little bit better than the last one. I think it had some more meat to it, but I think uh, overall, probably not one of the best ones, but it was passable. What do you think? I give it a seven. I think I give the last one a seven as well. Give this one a seven. If anything, it felt. Actually, you know what? No, I'll bump it up to an eight because I did like a lot of the stuff. Wow. With, I think I liked the stuff with Laura, uh, Rory, like basically putting her foot down with. Uh, Chris, I know it's probably not the healthiest, but at the same time, too, as someone who doesn't like Christopher, it is nice to see someone just like stand up to him. Uh, even if part of me is like, yeah, it's probably not the greatest. I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I, sh the, the, this is what I've kind of wanted to see in a weirdly, uh, like, but why didn't Lorelai do it first? I think is the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's up for to sure. Lorelai. I think there can be a fine line between watching out for somebody and becoming codependent and trying to solve their problems you have not been asked to. But I, I think too, there's something to be said for like, again, I think a few people Nate needed to um, mention this so that Lorelai can kind of start to see it for herself. So I think they didn't do that in the best way, but I think that's what they were going for because it definitely kind of seemed like they were going that way. But it, it just seemed like they right. weren't doing it in the best way possible. That could have been handled a lot better. So. And it, but I woke her up, and like you said, she didn't answer Christopher. So Yeah, which I think was kind of telling. Like, it's kind of her finally realizing, like, yeah, they're right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I did like how they handled that. It's just, yeah, it felt a little little awkward. So mm -hmm. right. right. Cool. Uh, all right. This is it for 2021. We'll be back next year to talk about episode 10 of season five, which we kind of touched on a little bit here, but we're going to talk about it in fall in the new year. It gives you some time to really dive in deep and think about how toxic uh, Logan might be potentially, or maybe mm -hmm. you disagree. Let us know. Um, yeah. It'd be really interesting to see different takes on that. Yeah. For me, like Logan's one of those people where I feel like he's he's got some issues, but I I, I think they're a little less apparent than it is with like Dean. Whereas with Dean, like you could tell right away he's got some problems. Right. With Logan, I think it's a little more subtle because he is charming and people don't necessarily want to see it because he is that charming person. But he does have right. those issues, and you really want Rory to be happy. Yes, so we'll talk about that in the new year, but. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. 
hopefully have a safe and pleasant uh, holiday, and we'll see you in the new year. Bye, everybody. Bye.